Hey guys, it's Kate here, and I could not be happier to bring you our Galaxy's Edge trip report. We had a blast at Disney World, and we are so excited to share with you the details, but this episode is going to contain spoilers about Galaxy's Edge. So if you prefer not to listen, you can tune into one of our previous episodes or wait for the rest of our trip report detailing our fun at Food and Wine Fest and on the Disney Skyliner. Here we go, Galaxy's Edge time. Welcome back to another episode of Earful. My name is Patrick, and I am joined once again by the woman who thinks that the raps on the buses were people speaking in rhythm, Kate. Oh my God, that was a stretch. That's the, the bus raps. Oh, I was mistaken. I think you have a second career in, in beatboxing. Oh, sure. If I, was in the eight, if I was in the 80s again. Well, uh... The 2080s. I don't think you're lasting that long. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> how do you? I will prove you wrong. That would make you that 110 would, years old. About ish. Yeah. yeah 107. Okay, again. 107. I don't think we're going to make there, it that long. I'm, I don't think Earful will be around that uh, long. God, no. I'll be happy if it makes it the next week. That's what we always say. That's like the <laughs> reoccurring theme with the show. One that, more week. That could be our byline. <laughs> one Earful, more week. a Disney World podcast. We made it again. Yeah, we're back one more week. But we are back, and we're back. This is a very special week because we're back from a trip. And we're so excited to talk to you all about this trip, so much so that we're not even going to do news clips today. No. What will you do? What will you do? We, we usually start by talking about some uh, things having to do with our social media accounts, and we talk about yeah. um, the yeah. news clips of the week. Yeah. None of that we this week. nothing. We're going to dive right in. We're going to cut out all the unnecessary talking. Excellent. Which is 80% of this show. <laughs> and we're going to get right to our trip report. Which will be more unnecessary talking. Exactly, but with enthusiasm. Yeah, and, and I will share with everybody that this trip report is brought to you by one day in the park. That's right. So the next what, six hours of us talking is going to be <laughs> In this six-part series. Our one day in the parks. No, this was a very special day. Um, we, a special we, day. We tackled very important bucket list items mm-hmm. for ourselves, yep. along with a couple of things that we've been hearing articles about the past maybe six months and have been thinking, I can't wait to try that. I can't wait to see that. We did a lot. So we, without further ado, present to you... The next six hours of your life. The next six hours of your life, <laughs> our trip report from our recent journey to Disney World. It was a cold, rainy day. That is very true. It wasn't cold, but it was rainy. It wasn't cold. So we we live in a climate right now where the highs are in the 50s and the if lows we're are in the happy, 30s. If we're lucky. Yeah. So we our weather uh, for the most part was was very warm. It mm-hmm. was in the 80s, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, no exception to to the morning that we went, which was on a Saturday. Correct. And uh, we were driven to Hollywood Studios first. (laughs) And we were driven to Hollywood Studios in a torrential downpour. By a friend. By a friend who happened to work at another theme park, not Disney related. Beyond. Beyond, with perhaps some fishies, if you can read between the lines. And he said that the weather we were experiencing on our drive was worse than when they had the hurricane. Yet... It did not slow him down one iota. Onward we sped, hurtling (laughs) to our death. I kept my head in my phone. Yeah, uh, I just just was praying to whoever would listen. Yes. And we made it. We made it. We made it. And uh, 
he had said to us as we were approaching Hollywood Studios, he said, do you, do you know where you're going? Because Hollywood Studios kind of right now is Spaghetti Junction. Like there's, there's twists and turns in the opening now because of the Skyliner and they've had to reroute all the buses and it, he's right. It, it truly is. It's not a mess. It's an organized mess, but it, there's now where before it was just kind of cut and dry where you had to go when you walked off the bus. Now it's like, okay, no, this is, this is the entrance for the Skyliner. This is the entrance for the buses. If you have been there since construction had started on the Skyliner, you, you pretty much know how to get to the park from the bus. And if you haven't, it's, it's going to be, uh. Startling to see the change. A little bit. Yeah. Because it's it, it's no longer like, get off the bus and you're right there. No. It, it's a little bit it's of a It's a little bit of a walk, yeah. And when it's raining, I don't know, was it buckets? Um, What's bigger than a bucket? Gallons of water at a second? I mean... Uh, bathtubs of, of yeah. water. Just just pouring it down. would not stop. Uh, so we got out... It was some kind of... Uh, uh, not hurricane, but a tropical depression that was going through northern Florida at the time. There's medicine for that. No, there is not, because it did not help that day. No. All the medicine. So we got out of the car, and this was roughly around 8.15. I told you, six hours. Go on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go minute by minute. We went directly to guest services because we actually have two park hoppers that were originally issued in 2002. And now, if you've ever had to deal with an unused ticket, Disney does still honor prior tickets before this whole ticket date-based change they made the past year. So we had emailed prior to our visit to say, here are our tickets. We had to provide screenshots. We had to provide identification to say that these were actually our tickets, uh, which we found out actually were not. And Um, I knew that. Which is a sad story. I I mean, it belonged to Patrick's parents who have Mm -hmm. now since passed on. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing was when we called to to link our tickets to our My Disney Experience, the person on the other end could not help us link it because they belonged to other people. And in the... Even though they have passed. Odd circumstance that they'd passed on, could not link. And therefore, we had no fast passes going into Saturday. Correct. And we had no guarantee we were getting in the parks. Exactly. We we were told via email, these are legitimate tickets. They have a one-day park hopper left on both. But at that point, we were like, what if they say we can't transfer them? Because yeah. we're not your parents. By the way, side note, um, in my email... Uh, when I got back, was an email from Disney saying, we have linked a five-day park hopper to your account. <laughs> we got extra tickets. Uh, we should look. Oh, no. That's all I'm saying. I doubt it, but we should look. It'll be at the end of the episode, <laughs> in the seventh hour. <laughs> to stick with us to see if we have new tickets. Oh, it's a cliffhanger. Ooh. So we... We were thinking we better get there early because who knows who's going to be in the guest service line. I've been in the line when we've waited 45 minutes. And it's raining, so how many people are going to be at the window going, I want my money I back? I want a refund, right, exactly, or I want to switch my days. We got to the window. There was nobody. two people in line. Yeah. And and the window, there was two windows open, and the one window was completely open. So we went right up, gave her our tickets, explained what happened. She had a really neat whatever interface. IPad. I mean, she had an iPad, and whatever software Disney is using, it's like the My Disney Experience, but on crack, because mm-hmm. I'm going to explain in a second how oh, she good. helped us with fast crack. passes. Yeah, I'll explain how we got the crack. Um, but she was able to access our account and pull up our information. She pulled up the prior information the cast member had taken while on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. They had left notes. And the cast member on the phone had said, hopefully the person at the window can, can work some Disney magic and get you some fast passes since you're not able to get them. Right. I wasn't too optimistic. Right. So she goes about linking the tickets. She produces plastic cards for the fast passes and then is actually able to link our tickets to our magic bands. And then she pulls up this really neat 
interface for the fast passes. I've never seen anything like this. Um, you know how, when you book them on my Disney experience, it, it, it'll tell you if you have a fast pass at the same time and it won't let you book it. Her screen would show all that in real time. So she went about booking our first fast pass, which she said, what would you like? We have this, this and slinky. And we were like, what? what? You, you, it's the day of like, how do you have slinky? I don't know if they have a bypass on it, but we got slinky. And then that was at like one. And then because she selected that, anything else in the remaining two was grayed out. Right. We couldn't see what we couldn't get time-wise. So then we ended up getting Indiana Jones and Star Tours. Spoiler alert, we didn't use a single one. No, we didn't use any of those. <laughs> we didn't use any of them because of, of what, the time we spent and where. Yeah. But So at this point, this is when Kate pulled out the, I'm a travel agent. I didn't really. No, you're right, you didn't. I didn't, no. Uh, so, so we were able to be happily get our passes. Um, our first stop <laughs> was to walk over before you get to you pass security, but uh, before you you actually go in, we bought ourselves some twelve dollar ponchos, which you say, oh my gosh, twelve dollars for a piece of plastic? Yes, and guess what? It was worth it. It was, and that lady working that stand just looked pretty miserable already. Because oh. I mean, again, the wind was going, it was blowing, it was pouring, but she was going to be everybody's favorite friend. Bathtubs of water on our heads. Yeah. So, as, if you if you've been there recently, you and you see the queue now, you know that there's two places in the queue to get into the studios that are covered and sheltered mostly from the rain. Right. And there's one section that is not. Right. So our line was getting to the point where it was getting to be pretty long because at this point it was like 8:40. Mm-hmm. The park was due to open to the public at 9. They but keep in had... mind they already had the extra magic hours right. from 6 a.m. to 9 for hotel guests. Right. So they have been enjoying, I use that with air quotes, they've been enjoying the water. Now, I will tell you that unlike where we live, uh rain in Florida is quite delightful because it is warm. Yes. It is not cold and miserable like it is right now where we live. No, it wasn't miserable. It was a little miserable when it when the wind whipped up a little I, bit. I had no problems. But cuz cuz you have your your poncho and you kind of have like the hood over this your head. like like sound tunnel where you can't truly hear very well outside of it. And guess what folks, we aren't even in the park yet. 6 hours strap in. <laughs> Fill up your drink again. Uh we can make this a drinking game too. Oh my gosh. What's the phrase that we're going to say a time? Well, let's wait if we ever get to a park then you can drink. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we're not even in the park yet. Yeah. So then they announced that, "Oh, you know, we're going to have a third line to get into the park when we open soon." Unfortunately, this line is standing in the rain. Exactly. Yeah. So like Maybe a couple people, five people moved to do that. But Patrick's like, no, we're not moving. We're not moving. We're going to be wet enough today. We're going to stay right here. Mm -hmm. So they opened the gates at probably 8.50, 10 minutes prior to the original official opening. And it moved along. Okay, it was fine. And and as soon as we got through, we immediately started walking towards Galaxy's Edge. And we had messaged uh, our good friend, Captain Jim. Captain Jim! And asked if he was available to come see us. And he, we had talked to Captain Jim before our trip, and he said he probably would not be able to spend any time with us because he was character wrangling that day and would be busy <laughs> wrangling characters. I just imagine the characters getting out of their padlocks. Nope, nope, get back. And be like, get back here. It's time for you to go on. One more set. So um, he texted us on the way in and said, when you get to Galaxy's Edge, let me know. So we entered via Grand Avenue which is over by Muppet Vision 3D. We didn't want to go in the um, 
the Toy way Story. via Toy Story. We wanted it to be more like, okay, we're through the tunnel because we had seen the tunnel a ton when we were there last year yeah. and we just wanted to make it more special. So we get through this tunnel and the tunnel is, you know, it's a nice transition from the Grand Avenue area into Star Wars. And, and a break from the rain for a second. Exactly. And we started roaming about the land. So the first thing we saw through this tunnel was some sort of queue for a ride. And there were two cast members standing outside with their ponchos on. (laughs) And we looked at it and kind of went, I wonder what that is. And we went, oh, that's got to be Rise of the Resistance. Because it's a queue. It it says out front, standby and like, you know, fast pass. Mm -hmm. But but wait a minute, Rise of the Resistance isn't supposed to open until December. Why are the cast members? To keep people out of the queue. Right. To keep people from from exploring where they shouldn't be. So as soon as you get through Grand Avenue, that's where Rise of the Resistance is going to be located. Right. That's good to note. Uh, The next thing we saw, we saw a couple of planes that they had placed throughout the area. A-Wing. And then Cap'n Jim found us. Yeah, yeah. As if he knew, like he was a Jedi. Oh, he knew. He knew. And um, it's very nice. The cast members have to wear these really neat camouflage ponchos that really make you think of like Dagobah. That's what I thought. Sure. Looking at him. Absolutely. And a special little brown hat. Um, to keep I think that's so- just his. His I think hat? That, I think that's you special. You think that's just his hat? I think that's his special Oh, I hat. thought maybe it was for all the men because <laughs> women had different ones. <laughs> I think it's not. I, think it's just- <laughs> just, I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't think. Um, and he immediately started giving us a personal tour of Galaxy's Edge, well, which is a, awesome. A personal tour, which is over here's water. We had a VIP tour. Here's water. I don't care. It's a VIP. <laughs> look it at was, the puddles. It was pretty awesome. And if you can look up in the sky, you can see rain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he showed us around. Um, he explained that, yes, the rise of the, of the resistance is still scheduled to open in December, but they have to keep cast members out to protect it. I want that job. Just to stand there? Stand there all day and watch people. Yeah, that's a good people-watching mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. And then he but showed us... the nice thing about the rain was that because it was pouring so bad, there were people there, but they were not stopping and gawking and standing in the middle. And True. They were moving quickly to somewhere where there's shelter. And so we pretty much had the run of that opening area between the shopping center and, and the... the uh, tunnel we pretty much had we, we could we could walk anywhere and stop anywhere and there was wasn't nice. anybody around and it was cool to see it in the rain mm-hmm. i i felt more i felt more immersed in the land because it was raining right. if that makes any sense i felt like oh my god it's a rainy day on batu this is kind of cool i feel mm-hmm. like we're a part of it and what's the saying uh bright suns <laughs> because there are three of them liar <laughs> which we didn't see a nary a one no <laughs> that day one. But it is it is very like the 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 shading the the colors the hues are all very I don't know they just <laughs> cozy is the wrong word but it, it it's it, well done it just you don't feel like you're in Hollywood Studios anymore at all like at, at at no point do you see anything to give you an intention of like this is still Hollywood Studios I can see this from here there's no vantage point once you're in the land that I saw um, could be that there is but I never saw one right. Um, so he immediately showed us over to the marketplace first. Marketplace, yes. Which I had read is inspired by um, foreign locations in Europe um, where the merchants live above their stores, right. which makes sense because it's a pretty tall, if you think about Diagon Alley when you walk in, one of the neat things is is how tall the buildings mm-hmm. are because you, you really like, okay, this is legitimate. I'm in an actual street. Like I, the... The dimensions make sense. Forget the fact that behind this facade, there's absolutely nothing. There's a dragon. <laughs> no. It's not moving. No. <laughs> no, cool. I want to believe. Let me do it. Well, hang on, no. Where were we later in the day that we saw the back of uh, Galaxy's Edge? 
Oh, we were on stilts. We were on the bus, and it's like I don't understand this. You know, you think about Imagineering uh, and how many how many amazing things they do in the parks, and then you take the bus from Hollywood to any other park, and you look behind it, you're like stilts. This looks like a project I made in middle school. <laughs> like, what the heck? There's yeah. I can see Scotch tape yeah. taped you up. You say that, and now all of your chances of getting a job in Imagineering oh, are gone. It. Damn, I'm just saying I could have some improvements made. Yeah. Make the make the sculptures 360, <laughs> like not just the front, the facade. It costs money, my dear. Right? So we went to the the uh marketplace and it it's pretty cool. We didn't spend much time there. Well, there were the, normally they had people out selling and Hawking, doing and, yeah. yeah, and they, they they were not there. There was a lot limited by the rain today, yeah. as you will There were no characters being wrangled. We did get to see Toy Dairy and Toy Makers, which is a very these are very small stalls. They're they're not larger gift shops like you would see at the end of a ride. They're very tiny. Mm-hmm. So the Toy Makers featured plushes of the different characters from the universes. Um, there was a callback to um, the uh, the guy in in Star Wars: Phantom Menace, the guy who sold Anakin. Oh, um, Guido. Guido. <laughs> <laughs> Not Guido. Watto. Oh, cool. but he was a Guido. I know, was a Guido. Hey, hey, he did kind of speak like that, didn't he? Yeah, Guido. Oh my jeez. Yep, we saw. Well, there is a little like there's a little like projection screen that you think it's Guido. Ooh, hey, what's going on, hey? Hey, you want to make the ball? Hey, make a toy. Hey, you coming down for some It's very nice. <laughs> Don't you use your Jedi mind tricks on me. <laughs> Hey! Good old Guido. Want some pizza? Hey! <laughs> we did not buy anything there. Um, no, but we spoke to the merchant, and that was enjoyable. Yeah, they were selling, um, at one point they sold Sabak, which is the card game from... Oh, yes. What did you think I said? <laughs> some kind of vodka is what I was going... <laughs> they sold Ciroc vodka. <laughs> In the toy maker yeah. stall. Oh, you gotta ask. Hey, kids, yeah. every plush, you get some vodka. Secret menu you Get items. a shot. <laughs> Yeah, so they they sold yeah, the, card Sabak, the card game from Solo, which yeah. was pretty cool. We did not buy it, but that was like sixteen dollars, so not not exorbitantly priced. Nope. I had to stop myself in the middle to make sure I was saying the right word because I'm having a problem with words today. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We also saw the creature stall, which is uh, they sell the different figurines and plushes of the the animals and, and creatures of the world of Star Wars. Yeah, they also had a, a, a stall for. Um, Touristy type stuff. Yeah, I mean more so than the other ones. Mm-hmm. So even you know, Captain Jim was saying over here is where you buy the touristy stuff. But if you want the really good stuff, we got to that later. So Black Spire Outfitters is where Patrick is talking about. Yeah. And ahead, um, I will say in this entirety of Galaxy's Edge, because there are other stores we'll talk about in a second. Um, there is nothing that you're going to see that has like. Disney World on it. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. It's all, it all says Galaxy's Edge. Naya Mickey Mouse anywhere in the Naya, land. Naya, an ear found. You can find those at the Launch Bay, which is completely removed from Galaxy's Edge right. in Hollywood Studios. But yeah, there's you, no you sign of Donald see, or anything like that. There were pins, there were lanyards, right. there were magnets, but there, but it was all of Galaxy's Edge. Right. Did not mention. So that's something I really liked. I want to pause and, and say that at no point do you really see like, a neon glowing sign that says like toy dairy and toy makers. Like it's all pretty much, it's very subtle. Well, they also know where you're going. They also have signs in the Batu language, the Arabesh. (laughs) And, um, and our captain Jim is uh, partially fluent. 
He's getting there. Yeah, he knows the letter N. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, he tried like four times. He's it was cracked great. the code. <laughs> he he's uh, he's he's becoming fluent in that language, which is very enjoyable. And um, but the, the, everything is is very well themed. And the you know, like I said, there are words everywhere, and drinking fountain is labeled in the language, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very awesome. So uh, we we we. Peruse the stalls. We did not buy anything. Uh, you can buy the dice featured in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. There's there's that too. But then we were so hungry at this point <laughs> that we were like, oh, we have to eat something right. now. That, so yeah. he got us over to Ronto's Roasters, mm-hmm. which is, I believe it was connected to the marketplace. And mm-hmm. it was. this is where we'd been told to go eat uh, because they have a special wrapped hot dog. Now that sounds not very appetizing, but it's, more of a it's, it's a pita bread with a tur- like a turkey sausage and yeah. then eggs and cheese and a special sauce. And yes. I have to say, special sauce. We really liked it. Oh, we loved it. It was delicious. It. I have to say, like, I will tell I you right surprised. now, Kate ate the whole thing. She normally does I not. I normally do not. And we also had a Coruscant cooler. Yes. Which was a bourbon um flavored yeah. beverage. Uh, we drink. It was okay. I we drink. I wasn't crazy about we it. We like alcohol. Yeah, we, we paced ourselves. We split it. Oh, we did. We split everything. Yeah, we were very, very savvy. But it was way. like 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're like, booze! Yeah. Yay! Well, why not? We're here. We have to report to our fans <laughs> for the sake of the fans. I, you said plural. Right, sons. <laughs> our fans. Our fan. Thanks, TJ. Uh, no, I can name five others <laughs> off the top of my head. Please Absolutely. don't. You'll just embarrass somebody. No. So anyway, um, the food was fantastic. Probably was the best really food good. we had all day. Yeah, we said it. I, I was like pretty convinced that that was maybe the one of the best quick service breakfasts I've right. ever had. Right, right, right. And again, it wasn't a true quick service because we, we didn't get a beverage. We bought the beverage. Still in the first 10 minutes right. of getting into exactly. the Exactly. We might just put this into like Galaxy's Edge. Keep going. And and then the rest and of our, the rest. our food and wine and will be a whole separate rest. thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, we then went on and we saw... Um, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, and this is where you're going to find unusual Star Wars finds and a lot of items that are higher priced. So as you immediately walk in, you you notice the, the large animatronic that is Doc Ondar that is sitting behind like a fence, mm-hmm. so you can't touch him, but it's a very cool animatronic. Now, why did they use him and not um, Simon Pegg? Guido? <laughs> not Guido. Simon hey! Pegg? Yeah, Simon Pegg's oh, character. Oh, from Force Awakens. Because I would have loved to have seen that. I think, you know, with this, they took a lot of liberties in, in how, credit. how much they could do that wasn't tied to a film. I guess. So they could, I know, expand upon it and I not guess. be limited, but I, I don't know how that would have hurt anything. Yeah. So Cause anyway. Because it, it's not on Jakku. That's why. I understand. He's I understand. on Jakku. Well, the, uh, that store is split into two levels, and there's a level down low where is everything is, is, is buyable and purchasable, but then there's a whole area all above that you can't get you to. Can't, you can't access. But... It's just neat. I mean, there's just a ton of things up there. Yeah. And I had read this week that earlier, uh, when the lands opened in both California and Florida, that uh, uh, somebody spotted the uh, Ark of the Covenant that uh, was up there. Yeah. And then they had gone back some weeks later and discovered that it was gone. Oh, no. And they had gone to the cashier and said, we have a question. We know that there was something that's been missing from the top. And the the cashier's response was, well, what's the gentleman's name that, that owns it? Doc Ondar. Doc Ondar found out the value. And sold it. And sold it. Oh, so there was like, like they didn't like it that it was there. Right. Okay, okay. Right, 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 that right, makes right. sense, yeah. yeah. And on the wall, like, 
they had like heads of animals. They had stuffed. They had like a wampa oh, and, um, up there. A uh, tauntaun. Tauntaun. Yeah. And I thought they smelled bad on the, the outside. outside. Anyway, yeah, it's it's really a neat place, and it's it's definitely a place you should go and stand because <laughs> there's just a ton to see. Um, and you everywhere you look, there's just some really neat artifacts. So there was this, there was this very cool item called a holocron available mm. for sale, mm-hmm. and you could customize it, and it would open like it, the one for the Jedi was like a square shaped, the other one was a triangular shaped box, and you could twist them and they would open, and then you could insert the the special crystals inside, and it would be a quote from a different a character, a different character based off of whether they're on the Correct. the light or the dark side. Yeah. And those were, I think they were around $60, yeah. if I saw right. And then you could buy different crystals to customize them. Right. So. And then you put your fingers on two special spots and it would it would say something. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a quote. So that was pretty cool. There was a lot of like busts for sale. There was a lot mm. of specialty artwork. Um, just just pretty like neat off the wall things. But when you say that, like you, I want everyone to understand that there are some really, really cool artwork, but you're going to spend two hundred, three hundred, five hundred dollars on some of this really oh, cool yeah. artwork. Nothing in there is there's no there is no clearance rack. Everything yeah. is incredibly expensive. Like I said, the store that we first went to had all the touristy stuff that's cheap. This had all the unique items. From the from uh, the Star Wars land for the true fans. For I would the say. true fans, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking like the mini bus were like a hundred to one hundred and thirty dollars. Was it the what bus? Bus the, the min the mini bus. The mini bus. I wasn't talking about her. Okay, I was talking about just tiny things. Okay, they had journals. They had USB drives. I believe uh, Captain Jim pointed out the the there's one that shows you the dictionary of, of the language and you can learn it from that and there were literally. They had a Dejarik set, so like the, the space chest. Yeah, they space had that sets. for the hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. Again, didn't buy anything. I, I think we were just so like taken with being there. in the moment. We just didn't really care about. And we were out of the rain, which was nice. It was very nice. Um, so we spent some time in there, and then after that, we went over to check out Droid Depot. And again, we did not sign up to build a droid. We just wanted to see it, and it's, it was a very busy place at that time. Again, this is probably around ten o'clock, and. Uh, in the middle of the room is the assembly line to build your own droid. You get to pick from an from a never stopping assembly line of different parts, and you have to get like the colors. base, the head. Yeah, you can you can change colors. And again, this experience is is ninety nine dollars. And then on the side, they have computer chips that yeah. you can purchase for like sixty dollars that will change the droid's personality. Right. And as we were standing there, our lady was like, do we have to buy that? And she said, no, it comes with a chip when you buy the droid. But if you want it change. to be different, you mm-hmm. can buy a different one. And the lady said, well, what is different? And she said, it will beep and boop differently. <laughs> Ooh. For $60, instead of going beep, 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 it'll go beep, 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 boop. Well, you can also toss your kid's droid against the wall, and it will beep and boop differently, too. Oh, I bet it will. <laughs> so will your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me a new one, Mom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was cool to see. And then there was like a Christmas side a side shop apart from the assembly line that you can buy other droid-related merchandise if you're not going to do the experience. And like I said, it was very busy. And you could actually buy the droid without having to do the experience as well. Yep, same price. Yeah, right. Yeah. Literally the same price. Yeah. That, it's really cool to watch the kids do that, to see how excited <laughs> they get. There were no children in there. It was all adults. No, there was a lot of children. Uh, there was a lot of children. 
Then we went over and took a look at Docking Bay 7, which is the quick service um, restaurant there. And it's a lot like Satouli Canteen. It reminded me a lot of that. We didn't know. We, we kind of just peeked in. It was a bigger place to sit. And what I thought was really cool was the seating wasn't the same all throughout the restaurant. There were different areas, and you felt like... I said to Patrick, you could go five times and sit in a different seat, literally a different seat, because it, nothing is the same. It right. all has, it's like almost like they've taken the chairs from different like garbage areas and just thrown them in there and welded them together. It's really kind of cool. The food looks very much in the same vein of Satouli Canteen. Uh, I believe they had some ribs. They had some grain be- grain bowls. This is the place where there was some controversy with the menu because... Oh. They had everything in Star Wars ease, so they they themed all the foods to to words you might see in the Star Wars vernacular, and people were confused, so they complained, and then Disney World took these names off the menu and made them like fried chicken, rib platter, and then people were mad that that happened, so they they changed changed them them back. back, so they are now back to normal, um... And we, we did not we did not take anything in there. We did not have anything in there. We just wanted to go look, and it, it's it's a nice, bigger, quick service location. Yep. Um, one of the, kind of a place you just kind of want to sit in for a while. Mm-hmm. It was really neat. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to go into Savvy's workshop, which is where you build your lightsaber, because you only go in if you've made a reservation. And to make a reservation, you need to front the two hundred dollars up front. Yeah. Excuse me, the one ninety nine up front. So it's very well hidden. Um, Captain Jim was saying that it is something that is kind of hush hush amongst the rebels on Batu. Like mm-hmm. you have, if you ask a cast member, they'll act all shy and like, oh, um, hey, come, come this way, but be quiet. Like they don't want the first order to find out mm-hmm. you're building a lightsaber, depends, which is really cool. And I think it depends which cast member you talk to as well. Sure, you have the kinds that are just like, oh yes, we we have to be very careful. And the kinds are like, follow me. Yeah, it's right here. Look <laughs> over there. Way. Credit cards out. <laughs> Do you have your money? Yeah, that's all we care about. <laughs> so then we finally got to the moment that we saw the Falcon, the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. in all of its glory. And again, it was it was kind of neat to see it in the rain, just because all the pictures I've seen have been at nighttime with the lights on. We did not see the lights on. So it's just the Falcon sitting there, and there's a big fence around it to keep people away from it. Um, we noted how if they wanted to have some sort of like show in that area, there's space. Well, they they do that. I mean, they do have the Wookiee come out and bang and, and, you know, has the ability to come out and interact with it. But, of course, the rain made the Wookiee... Go away. ...not come out. Yeah, so... Because <laughs> that would have been gross. Apparently, there is a quite a deal of interactive characters in the land. Right. And at that, that day, when it did clear, we saw a couple, but yeah. we didn't get the full thrust no, of it. No, we did not. So we got in the line. It said about 40 minutes standby for Smuggler's Run. And as you're making your way through the queue, it's, it's obvious that the story is that um, this smuggler, Honda Anaka, is in charge now. Um, this is set in between The Last Jedi and Rise of the Resistance. I believe that's your last car, wasn't it? My Honda, my Honda Anaka? <laughs> wasn't that your last car you purchased? Yes. It's a great car. lasted 10 years. Um, so he, he is now in charge of the Falcon, and and there is a room where they're performing maintenance on a big engine. Um, it kind of comes to life at times. You hear people's voices. As and then, you're walking around it, like at one point you're in line, and you're in the queue, and you, as you are standing there, there's definitely an engine looking you in the face, and you hear the voice say, well, let's fire it up. Yep. And you're, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to like spew ash all over me. How was that again? Spew ash no, 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 all no. over the you. Sound effect. <laughs> Those little <higher. laughs> that was different. That's what happens after you have too many beans. <laughs> 
But what was what Patrick noted, and I want to point out, Ooh, was that I did something you right. Did something great. Well, how about that? The room, one of the rooms that you you you're in, you seem to wrap around forever, almost like an Escher painting. Yes. And in he, one room, he yes. noted like what a great use of space in a room because you never leave the room, but you can wrap a ton of people around a queue yeah. and still keep them like occupied. And it's all ADA and it's oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a ton of ramps, like very very ADA friendly. Mm-hmm. Then the third room we got to featured the animatronic of Hondo Anaka. <laughs> Banaka. <laughs> Remember Banaka, the stuff you used to spray in your mouth for and breath make it all numb? Sure. Yeah. Um, he is there, and it is an amazing animatronic. Yeah. Um, Worth it. Very, very neat. Come to find out later, it's voiced by Jim Cummings, who voices Winnie the Pooh, the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, he used to do Darkwing Duck. He was the singing voice for Scar in Be Prepared. Ugh. And also, he's now a, I don't like him. He's the singing voice of Rasputin and Anastasia. So he's done a lot of work. He's very recognizable. That was really cool to find out. Then after you pass by him, because he tells you your mission, he tells you like why you're there and yeah. what he wants you to do. And he's going to go with you because not that he doesn't trust you. And you see it, his droid helping him out, right? And a little bit of Chewbacca. Uh huh. Yep. yep. And then you finally get into the the quintessential. Millennium Falcon room where they play chess. And that is where you get your assignment. Before you get there. For your flight. Yes. And so we were told before this, you want to request pilot. Because on the mission, you get to be pilot, engineer, or gunner. We just didn't know when that moment was. So we got to the chess room, and we weren't expecting the cast member to hand us a card, and we were stuck with engineer. Both of us. Both of us. So we were like, okay. And then the card itself was a color. And they, and they had said to us as we walked in, wait to hear your color called. Kind of like Jimmy Fallon's room. In uh, Universal. In, Universal, correct. So we got in there and Patrick went and took a picture with the chess set. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were so busy looking around, I never heard the cast member say brown. That was our color. <laughs> and so, why are you laughing at me? It just makes me giggle. Okay. <laughs> Turd. <laughs> color of turd That's now us. serving turd um i never heard them so as i walked to you i saw you were like standing over in the corner and they're I'm like four years they're, old. they're like they said to me what's your color and i'm like that's a personal question. I said, you don't identify with the color. Thank you. I prefer you. not to answer. Thank you. And I was like, Brown, she's like, Oh, you have to get in line. I'm like, I never heard you call my color. So hopefully in the future, they, they get that sorted out. And it wasn't long. We were not we, long at all. Maybe a, a minute, maybe two. I wish I had more time. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they have two rooms where they sort people right. to get them onto different flights. So we, we went into yet another room where Hondo again, talked to us about what we're about to do. And then we were finally let into the cockpit of the Falcon, which is pretty cool. Again, I wanted more time to look at it. Yeah, There's just no time because they have to get the ride started. They yep. have to get it going. Um, and then we were seated in the very back of the cockpit. The, the, gunners. the pilots were first, the yeah. gunners were second, and we were third. Right. So the front of the cockpit is obviously a projection screen. Um, <gasps> I ruined the Spoiler. magic. Call Bob Disney. And... <laughs> um, it is very much, like I had said before on the podcast, it's like Mission Space, but in Star Wars. Yeah. Except without centripetal force, thank God, because that can make me a little queasy. So you start the mission, and again, this is really dependent on how well you do as a team. Luckily, our pilots were great. They only hit a couple things on the mission. My complaint was that since we were in the back, we were given a panel of buttons and switches to Directly press. Directly to our left or directly Left next right. to us. Yeah, and we were told at times when to push them, they flashed when they were supposed to be pushed. So there were times I was looking at the buttons and there were times I was looking at the screen. So to say that I knew where we were flying, I 
I don't remember. Yeah, and that that was my complaint too. Like, I, all I wanted to do was look at the screen, but I knew that I had to push buttons and mash buttons, and because we had like there was a, a section where we had to launch a catapult and pull it in. And they tell you, they say like out loud, engineers, you know, get, get this button. under control. Yeah. Engineers, fire the the yeah. harpoons, you know, to get them to latch onto the coax. And gunners, so they, gun. Yeah. So the idea was that we were stealing coaxium, which is taking from. Um, Boy, this is solo. a big spoiler episode. We should have probably told people this. Spoiler. I'll tell them at the beginning. Okay, good. We'll go back in right. time. Right. Yeah, you'll hear me back in time. Okay. Um, you're, you're trying to steal coaxium, which is the 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 uh, element that is primarily in play in Solo, a Star Wars story. Right. And by the end of our run, we rescued two canisters and was was largely successful by all by what we thought. So we end the the run and they give us a score, which again, like, what do I compare that to? Right. Um, and then they take off points for like how many, how much damage you have, what you owe Honda in the end. Yeah. It's very funny. And then you leave and that's basically it. And our friends who did this like literally two days later said, oh, we crashed a lot and I think we got one canister. And as we left, the hallway looked like there was a lot of damage. I didn't notice that on our... I sure didn't. Maybe because we were better pilots. Who knows? Or engineers, yes. I think the engineers. And the complaint I had heard going into this was that the engineers had nothing to do. I felt like we we did a lot. Uh, yeah, because the panels glow and, bl- and blink, and you've got to hit the right ones at the right time. And there's like a circular button we had to mash at one point. Yeah. Um, and the switches are like light switches. You had to flick them on and off. Right. Um, I don't know what the gunners did. I know that the pilots had like the hyperdrive, which yep. was really cool. So next time we go, we're going to totally request pilot Absolutely. because I think we'd see a lot more and be more into it. Whereas the engineer, we're, we're kind of looking to our right and our attention's away from the screen. Right. But it was fun. Like I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. I, I didn't leave feeling oh, that sucked. Yeah. Like I was, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. I don't think that we were through the line in 40 minutes. I think it was 30. It felt more like 30 to 35. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it wasn't long. And again, a 30 to 35 minute wait for a brand new Attraction. ride. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we we had a really good time with Still that. Still in Star Wars land. How long have we been talking? We're probably going to take this into different sections Holy for this episode. Are we, are we in an hour yet? It we feels are like at an hour. 17 hours. 37 minutes. 17 hours and 37 minutes? 37 minutes. That's crazy. Um, so anyway, we saved the best for last. After we left the Falcon, we had rearranged our reservation at Ogus Cantina to 11.30 to allow for the weather. Um, and we found the cantina, and there was a line outside. Well, before that, we saw the show. <gasps> That's right. I, I forgot. Yeah. Thank you for, for saying that. Yeah. Um, because there was a break in the weather. There was a break, yes. Just so. long enough mm-hmm. that Captain Jim was able to go and wrangle his... Uh, his, uh, his people. ...cast. Yeah. Yes. So we... It's interesting to note that Galaxy's Edge is split up into portions, and there's a, there's a rebel camp. And then there is a first order portion and both sides have their own um, gift shops and both have their own theming to, to suggest like, okay, now you're in the first order camp. Don't say anything bad. And in the first order camp area is the milk where you get the blue milk. That's correct. And we did try it. We had the blue milk with rum. It was delicious. It was wonderful. It was unexpectedly delicious. We had heard so many reviews that had said it was okay at best. It was, it wasn't very tasty. It was too floury. It is made with almond milk, which some people can give or take. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed it. I would get it again. I'm not a huge fan of superly sweet cocktails. This was a really nice blend of it being a smoothie and a cocktail in one. 
it immediately tasted the rum, which I appreciate. And uh, we split one of those, and, and it's really nicely themed. There's a little and the green pots. one. The green tequila. one is tequila. Tequila. And we did not try that one. Tequila. We did not. Um, and then while we waited, we, we went into the gift shop for the first order where you can purchase Stormtrooper armor for $1,500, yes. should you choose to. Yes. And then the quote-unquote first order show is is in that area. There is um, Kylo Ren's command shuttle is mm-hmm. front and center. That is like the hallmark of that area, and that is where the show takes place. So basically what happens is when, when the show starts, music starts, and you see a First Order commander come out with two stormtroopers. And that guy that we saw was amazing. Yeah, He was so good, and he talks about their mission there on Batu. They're trying to find a rebel presence, and you better be ready for, for questioning should you be questioned. And then, of course, Kylo Ren comes out in much fanfare with smoke and mirrors and everything like that. And he's not happy with the First Order commander, so he force chokes him, and like then you do. makes his way through the crowd. They both do. So we were told, uh, you know, skip Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren we, we've met before at uh, we're old friends. We met before at Launch Bay. <laughs> Hi Ben. We've talked to him <laughs> before, and he said, "Wait for the commander because the commander can improvise." Yeah. Whereas Kylo Ren is relegated to his Commands. gestures, mm-hmm. his hand gestures that he can do. So You're, we did. You wait. are ruining everything. I know. I'm going to put a alert. Don't you worry. Okay. Um. So. We start talking to this guy, and it's good to note that on his his <laughs> outfit, on his uniform, he has these things clipped in that look like a pen. They look like pens or, or a laser tiny, pointer. Tiny lazy po- laser pointers. Yeah. So Patrick starts talking to him about, like, where did you get those nice pens? And the guy's just looking at Patrick like he's going to kill him. <laughs> and then I start in like, oh, those laser pointers on your jacket and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, what are you here to do? And Patrick's like, I got to entertain my wife. And... Again, just mostly stares at Patrick. And I said, oh, we're trying to find some place to watch the Penn State game. He's like, what's your obsession with pens? <laughs> and so we talked a little bit longer, and then he left. But he did right. linger quite a long time for yeah, us, which that was, was nice. Yep. And then after he left, we made our way over to the cantina, which is, I think, I think it's the jewel of Batu. I'm going to call it that. I'm going to get that. The jewel of Batu. I'm going to get that nickname going. The jewel of Batu. And... We did have a reservation at 1135. We got there probably 10 minutes early, and there was already a line outside. So I said to Patrick, oh, that's the line for standby. Like, we have reservations. Went up to the counter. We said, we have a reservation. They said, oh, yes, that line is for reservations. Right. I said, oh, You okay. can't get in without it, without yeah. a reservation. And that day, they were not taking standby. Wow. Some days they do. That day, they were not. So wow. there was a long line, probably, of 30 people that had reservations, and... um we, we stood in line maybe for five minutes. During that time, a cast member came in to check us in, gave us a menu to look at, told us the rules. There are some rules in Oga's Cantina. Number one, 45-minute limit. You are only allowed to be there 45 minutes. Two, it is 90% standing. Right. So only 10% of guests will get a seat. We were amongst the lucky 10%. And once you are there, you are not to wander around. You are to stand in your spot, and you are to stay there for 45 minutes. If you do want to look around, they recommend doing it at the end. Correct. Once you leave your spot, your spot is given to somebody else. Do not go back Because they think you've it. left. Right. They think you're gone. Now, you are waited on by a waitress or waiter, mm-hmm. which is very nice. Now, I'm skipping one detail that Patrick would like to get back to right now. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this was the highlight of your trip, you said. Okay. So, we're standing in line for Oga's Cantina. <laughs> and... I would say behind us was a party of six. We were a party of two. There was a party of three ahead of us. 
And so, so hang on. Let me tell this. Let me tell this story. I, just, I want to tell the story. Okay. So, but I need to, can no, I interject, please? No, you can interject, but okay. let, let me start off. So you're standing in line, and they come out, and they say, John Smith, party of four. Or Tony Jones party of Guido six. Party Guido of seven. party of two. So they come out. So we are close to the front of the line, anticipating any minute they're going to come forward and, and again, say our name. All these parties have been two or more. Excellent point. Because they come out and say Tim Jones party of one. To which my wife. Wait, wait. <laughs> let me say because in my mind. <laughs> In my mind. That does not help this. Yes, it does. In my mind, I thought, oh, party of one. Like, that's so sad. Like, yeah, yeah. I, he can totally have yeah. a drink with us. What came out, though? Tim Jones, party of one. And my wife whipped around and said, <laughs> one? <laughs> now, the little lady behind us about fell over laughing <laughs> because this poor guy... <laughs> Had to walk forward and hang his head in shame because he was alone. Going I don't into think he August heard County. me. I don't think he heard me. I hope he didn't hear me. What? It was it was truly out of a place of one. Oh my god! But what came out? I I just wasn't thinking one. Who would come to Oga's Cantina with one? How dare you, oh, you I, sad, pathetic man! I just I held that menu in front of my face until he passed me by. Oh, that was wonderful. It was probably Bob Iger. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? One. I didn't mean it. I didn't yeah. mean it to slight it him. Was, I just met him like... It was a glorious oh, moment. Like, you're here in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge by yourself. It's yeah. so sad to yeah. me. Yes. That is exact. You, you saying, like, you're trying to justify it in your brain, but that's exactly why it was bad that you did that. Because <laughs> you embarrassed that poor man. I didn't mean to. It just came out. What? One because oh, the whole time it was party of seven, party of five, it was party of three. I loved it. I loved every one. minute of it. So happy with that. So anyway, we're still on Star Wars. In Star Wars. So anyway, and we have a rehearsal and we have to eat dinner. So what let's are we wrap doing this here? up. Let's I wrap know. This okay. Up. So we we got into Ogus Cantina. We luckily got a seat in a very lovely booth that we shared with five of our closest friends. That's right. But we got us. We were one of the ten percent. That's true. If you looked around, there was way more seat than they let on. Yeah. I. But I actually would have loved to have sat at the bar. That's oh. what I would have liked. Yeah, I know. To, you know, to kind of be in that vantage point. So you know who is sitting at the bar? Vinny. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Tom! Party what? one at the bar! <laughs> but I was going to go to Toski Station to get some power converters. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> it really came from a place of empathy. Anyway, so <laughs> the, uh, the booze way. that we had, because we, of course, ordered booze. And the, the waitress came right over, and they have, oh, God, they have 10, 12 different drinks you can you can pick that are all Star Wars-themed. Great job of branding, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick picked the Fuzzy Tauntaun. Because it, I was told it makes your lips numb. And he was looking for that on this trip. And I got <laughs> the Dagobah Slug Slinger, which was a like a green margarita-type drink with a sprig of rosemary. And it was a not a tiny sprig. It was a gi- It was a gigantic. Like I could have slapped that guy in the face with a party of one. <laughs> One. You <laughs> would have smelled so nice. It was. I couldn't stop. And then they it. have like a. There's like a bantho one where oh, you get so like many. a biscuit, and then oh, and Blue they, also have, they also have a sousson food. Yeah, and we kept two of the coasters. And they have a was hummus <laughs> and veggies. Yeah, they had like a, a bantha bits where you could. It was just crudite and. <laughs> And hummus, and yeah. and then they also, like you said, the blue the boobantha had a um, the boobantha <laughs> the blue bantha had a cookie on top. Yes, and um, 
there was a, a drink that was $15 that was like a shot. So if you're going to get Bourbon. jet juice, be prepared juice. that it's a shot. But it's also the strongest drink in the menu. It's, more, it's bigger than a shot. It's bigger it's, than a shot. It's like a shot's daddy. Uh, yes. Uh, they had one. They had a couple that you could buy the glass that came with it. And again, another location where there's just a ton to look at. And, and enjoy. And so in the background of all this is a robot that is playing tunes. He's a DJ. He's called DJ R3X. And there's even a sing-along song. In in the in the like the playlist of what he goes through in like you know forty five minutes, um, and the tables light up with the music. Yes, and he bops along the music. It's just kind of fun to watch. And it, like I I sat there after maybe half an hour going, I'm into this. Like I'm really into this atmosphere. We had a friend that went on Monday for the first time. He's a huge Star Wars fan. He loved being there. He said he he got like four drinks. It, he easily spent eighty bucks on drinks. There, because he just loved being there. Yeah, it, it's neat. Yeah, so um, we left there, and then we went and found our friend uh, to say thank you for the guided tour, which there were a lot of VIP tours that day as well. Yeah, it's yeah. important to note that we did see a lot of cast members guiding people around, um, especially Galaxy's Edge, um, giving them the VIP treatment. So that is our take on Galaxy's Edge, sadly enough. We're going to have to postpone the rest of our tour report for another episode because we're already to like 50 minutes. Yeah. And, and we, and that, that is literally a portion of our day because after that, we spent some more time in Hollywood Studios. But then we hopped. We hopped to every park. And we have stories from every park. So we will. The good news is that the rain let up. Once we left Star Wars, we didn't have to wear the ponchos, really. No, we still have them. We throw them away. No, they're right there. They're still there. Our badge of honor. That's right. Yeah. I spent $12 on each of them. We're going to use them for 50 years. I'm wearing them tonight. Yeah. So (laughs) wear them in the shower. (laughs) Reminisce. It's my, (laughs) they're clear, so I should probably wear clothes too. Oh, please. Anyway, so thank you for tuning into our part, literally like our part one of our trip. Part one of who knows. No, the rest of the deal will go by quicker because we, we only had a couple things we wanted to hit up. This was our. First hour. This is our first hour. What? (laughs) (laughs) So if you tune in next time, you're going to get the rest of the trip report. We're going to talk about uh, finding some Halloween merchandise in the parks, our experience on the Skyliner, Mm -hmm. our experience at our very first food and wine festival, and even an impromptu concert from the Baja Men. (laughs) It gets better. So please... Tune in next time for our next episode for our trip report part two. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.